94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. This is our daily feature where we bring in Hawaii's leaders and experts to talk about the issues that you care about uh, regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, to answer your questions. This morning, we are extremely honored to have none other than Hawaii's governor, David Ige. Good morning, sir. Morning, governor. Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. We are very privileged to have you. Thank you so much for making the time. Um, before we get into it, I just got I, I got to take a moment before we start talking story. I got to address the 500 pound gorilla in the room. Are you yes. and Mayor Kirkcaldy? Like, are you guys okay? Like, are you guys good? <laughs> yes, I. I mean, you know, we talk uh, every day, so mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that uh, you know during an emergency. Uh, it really is all hands on deck, really trying to keep our community safe. So mm-hmm. we do talk uh, a lot, um, daily almost, and, uh, you know, we mostly agree, sometimes we disagree, <laughs> but, you know, we uh, we are able to get things done on behalf of the people, and that's what's most important. Yeah, thanks for focusing eyes on the goal, I guess, is what <laughs> yeah. it is. Um, okay, so, yes. Uh, uh, regarding uh, COVID-19, I guess the burning question for people in Hawaii, when will this lockdown end? When will people be able to work? Can you share with us what's the latest for the state? Sure. Just a couple of things. I, I wanted to start by just thanking everybody. Uh, you know, I, I do get on calls with governors uh, from across the country. And, you know, I do get on with the president, vice president uh, once a week or so. Um, and I, I just really wanted to thank everybody for doing their part. I've said many times that we can only be successful if we work together as a community. Uh, and I'm proud that um, for the most part, people have listened. Um, they've stayed at home. Uh, they've been um, strict about uh, not being out and about um, uh, going to get the, their business done and then getting back. And. You know, even as you look uh, through this weekend, even though there are a few more people who are around and maybe feeling more comfortable about things that they can and shouldn't do, uh, overwhelmingly everybody is paying attention. They are doing the things we're asking them to do. You know, if they're sick, they're isolating themselves rather than uh, endanger others. Uh, Washing their hands a lot and Mm -hmm. hand sanitizer Mm -hmm. and all of that. And, you know, um, we have the best, um, healthcare performance in the country, you know, the rate of infection is uh, amongst the lowest in the country. Um, the hospitalizations is way below uh, what we see in other states. Mm-hmm. And then obviously every everyone who passes is sad, uh, but the mortality rate, uh, morbidity rate here in Hawaii has been significantly lower than any place else in the country. Yes. And it really is because of everyone's um, commitment and everyone uh, really paying attention and doing what we ask. So I just really wanted to start by, by thanking everyone uh, for what they're doing. Um, so we are looking at uh, relaxing um, the restrictions, um, you know, we are going into um, the second week where we've had a single digit um, number of new cases mm-hmm. uh, and our healthcare system is responding, you know, utilization in our hospitals is less than 50%. You know, we monitor all of these measures so we can be certain that uh, we have the capacity to respond. Uh, ICU utilization is below 50% and, you know, everybody talks about ventilators. 
um, but we have um, more than an adequate supply. Ventilator utilization was less than 20%. So, you know, we feel comfortable about trying to get um, some things back to normal. Uh, we want to do it slowly in phases because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to be prepared um, to, you know, fight against an outbreak. So I think that that's the real important thing for your listeners to to um, know that we're going to have to live with COVID-19 at least for 12 to 18 months. Mm. Um, you know, our, our life has changed. We will slowly uh, begin to get things back to normal. Okay, okay. So what is this? You, you've, you're talking about doing it slowly in phases. Yesterday, uh, we heard Mayor Kirk Caldwell talk in his press conference about certain types of businesses, sort of like as a phase one, uh, opening right. as early as this Friday. Has he run that list by you? Is that something that you guys are on, on board with as well? Uh, not exactly. I mean, we've been talking to the mayors and I have been talking for probably the, the last two weeks about, you know, what are the conditions that we would want to see to make sure that it's safe to, to start relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just a couple things really fast, right? We want to make sure that our system has the capacity. And as I said, you know, our hospitals and care facilities are in great shape. Uh, you know, we want to see uh, the downward trend on new cases. And we've seen that. We're in single digits for the starting the second week. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we have um, a robust testing uh, capacity in the state. And with the private labs coming on, and, you know, we have more than 40 testing centers all around the state identified. You know, people who become ill, they need to be able to get tested so that we can identify if it's COVID and respond. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are kind of the basic conditions that need to be in place. And and then we need to be um, have a robust system to to trace contacts, right? Mm -hmm. So if we find somebody who's infected, we need to be able to to isolate them and then really ask them, okay, you know, who have you talked to? How, who have you been in close contact with that you may have infected them so we can call them, help them, ask them to isolate and do all those things to reduce the spread. Uh, So those are the conditions. Uh, And, you know, we are working with Dr. Park and and Dr. Bruce Anderson about making that assessment. But we do see that probably by the end of April, all of those conditions would be uh, in a position to allow us to start relaxing some of the the standards. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I do have a meeting, uh, a, a video conference with all the mayors today, and so we're going to go by. I know Mayor Caldwell had identified some of the things I, I've asked all of the mayors to really look at what um, things they would uh, feel comfortable with. Uh, but we also are doing um, a risk assessment for all of the different businesses, you know, and, you know, part of that risk assessment is looking at the nature of the business. Uh, and there's three dimensions to that risk assessment. You know, the first is the intensity of the contact. So obviously, you know, if uh, if Devin is trying to sell me a car and we're face to face, you know, for more than 30 minutes, then, you know, that's a high intensity um, interaction that could mm-hmm. spread the virus. If, if I had it, I could give it to, uh, to Devin or if Devin had it, he could give it to me. So one dimension of the risk assessment is really 
the uh, intensity of the contact. The second, um, the second dimension is really about uh, the number of contacts uh, that happen in that business. So, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, just take the car salesperson example. You know, if Devin is an aggressive sales guy and he's meeting with a thousand people a week, you know, then you know, then the dimension would be high, right? So, mm-hmm. high contact high uh, number of, of uh, people that we interact with. And then the uh, third dimension on risk is, is about, um, well, can we change how you do business and, and implement processes and procedures that dramatically reduce the risk? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we could say rather than face-to-face, you do all of your interactions by telephone or video conference, you know, and that would dramatically reduce risk factor one. You know, and we could say, sorry, Devin, you know, you should really only be meeting with so many people. So mm. so it's those three dimensions that we're evaluating all of the businesses and trying to make a risk assessment and then try and decide which ones would be open in phase one. And then we'll monitor and see whether the cases are increasing or not. You know, the, the, um, the veto really is about our healthcare system. And we want to make sure that we don't overload them or overrun them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all of these things would be happening kind of together as, yeah. as we look at different things. Okay. 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 Wow. That sounds great. Uh, Governor, uh, I just wanted to do a quick follow-up because you said that you're meeting with the mayors of the different counties and such. Um, yeah. Have you also been meeting with the uh, state legislature as well? Uh, because, you know, I mean, they, they basically kind of shut down. Uh, you know, but they're the ones who have to put the laws in place, uh, kind of. And you know, you and I serve together, uh, so yeah. <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> which is which is why I get to be the car salesman in all of these scenarios. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with, no, 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 it's okay. I didn't mean to no, 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 it's yeah. a, no, no, it's totally okay. Did. It's totally okay. It's totally okay. You and I've known each other for a long time, so I, I totally yeah. get it. Um, no, but you know, I and I know that you've you've served in a lot of different uh, capacities in the legislature. But I mean, one of them is is on finance. So your understanding of the financial situation that we're in, I think, is is maybe different from other people who are governors. So I was just curious, uh, you know, what your plans were for working with the legislature to try to get things open, some things that you may see uh, budgetary-wise that we need to look for and stuff like that. Well, certainly, you know, Devin, I I have weekly calls with uh, leadership in the House and the leadership in the Senate. So, you know, we have a lot of dialogue, you know, know, everyone wants to be helpful, Um, you know, Right now, we do anticipate that we'll have a significant shortfall of revenues. Uh, And so it's not so much that I I need for them to uh, make appropriations or that. It's really about managing the budget. And unfortunately, it's really about cutting the budget, which, uh, Devin, you've been there and I've been there. Mm -hmm. That's that's a tough thing to do, right? I mean, really shutting down, cutting programs, obviously, you know, um, layoffs or, or um, labor cost reduction, salary reductions is the last thing that we want to do. Um, but a lot of uh, the state budget is really non-discretionary. You know, it's payments to pension, um, health care, and, um, and uh, debt service. Right. And so, you know, there's not a whole lot of places that you can cut the budget. And also but, people um, maybe don't understand, too, that we need to have a balanced budget. You cannot give a budget that is in deficit. 
It's it's yes, right. you know, we're not the federal government that can suddenly pass uh, two trillion dollars to help <laughs> the country bail out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're trying to make sure we get our our share of that because um, mm-hmm. that would be, that would really help us um, through this fiscal crisis. But you know, I mean, you guys see it. I, I don't. Um, what's happening is unprecedented. I've never seen so many people unemployed. You know, I know that we're we're having uh, challenges getting um, unemployment benefits out to people. You know, it's just an old system. Um, you know, the hotels are closed. You know, look, I mean, we went from uh, 30,000 people coming here each and every day to, you know, 500. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... Uh, um, so we do see the impact and, um, you know, just trying to um, uh, ensure that people can be uh, healthy and, and safe and then looking at how can we begin to get uh, some parts of life back to normal. Mm-hmm. So what is a realistic timeline then, given all, of these, given all of these conditions that you've talked about in terms of making sure we got testing and, and health care in place and, and um, you know, and looking at uh, the risk assessments of all the businesses, et cetera. As I mentioned earlier, Mayor Kerr Haltwell had said, you know, he was going to ask for being able to open certain businesses that are low risk by this mm-hmm. Friday. Is that, a, is that something that is a realistic expectation for our listeners, our residents here in Hawaii to look forward to? Or are you looking at kind of more like into May uh, to see the first businesses, the first wave of businesses open? You know, certainly, um, Esme, I think it'll be, you know, it's kind of a two-step process, right? Because right now, uh, businesses are shut down by Mm -hmm. my order, by the, the mayor's orders. Um, so it really is about enabling businesses to open. So, I mean, I'll just use the florist example because I, I talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably, you know, issue an order that florists can reopen and we'll probably say May 1st. But, you know, just by us allowing it doesn't make it happen, right? If you're the florist, if you may or may not have um, flowers and, and other things in stock. So the fact that they can reopen doesn't mean that they reopen on May 1st. Mm-hmm. They, they would have the ability to, and then they just got to, the individual businesses got to decide uh, what inventory and what things they need to do to be able to reopen. Uh, we are uh, insisting that they implement social distancing um, processes to keep uh, both employees uh, and uh, customers safe. So, you know, going to online ordering, uh, those kinds of things where there's no face-to-face interaction, um, you know, implementing um, limits to the number of people who can be in their retail spaces, um, you know, based to try and maintain the the social distancing, you know, making sure that queuing lines and systems can, you know, can keep people uh, six feet apart. Um, you know, um, online ordering and uh, curbside delivery of the products is is um, something else that they might be uh, doing, or delivery, right, and contactless delivery, uh, you know, taking uh, flowers out to a uh, home, making sure they're home, uh, calling them and say, look, I'm going to leave it on the front door, please wait till, you know, I walk away before you come out and mm-hmm, get it, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so all the businesses, you know, are going to have to reinvent themselves in this COVID-19 environment. 
everybody needs to understand that um, infectious diseases will be part of our community mm-hmm. um, for the next 12, 18, 24 months. Uh, and so uh, every business has to decide what would be the best way for them to keep their employees safe uh, first and then uh, customers safe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I see what you're saying. So is it fair then I, to, to if I, I'm trying to like kind of sum all that up um, while you're not in a position right now to say by this date by this date this kind of business is going to open by this date um, is it fair at least to say that even though you have said the May 31st uh, stay at home it, it May 31st is the date that the stay at home order currently is in place for but gradually over the next few weeks we can expect to hear some announcements from you regarding gradual relaxing of various types of businesses over over the coming days Yes, okay. definitely. And, okay. and like I said, I, I'm meeting with the mayors today, so we'll try and come up. I, you know, I'm certain that Mayor Caldwell will bring up um, the things that he would like to see uh, reopened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as I said, we're trying to do this risk assessment and, and trying to uh, see the, the businesses that we think uh, the risk is manageable. Uh, and so, so Esme, yeah, I think you'll begin to see, hopefully we can announce a, a number of businesses this week to be open, whether it's Friday or on May 1st. You mm-hmm. know, it's not all that different, but, um, you know, and then I think we're looking and thinking in like two-week intervals. You know, the, the um, <coughs> excuse me, the incubation period is 14 days. Right. And so... You know, uh, what we would hope is to to be looking at relaxing, we'll be monitoring the number of cases, uh, you know, and then making an assessment about other things that we can do to um, to relax the restriction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know that there is interest in um, uh, reopening parks and other uh, kinds of facilities. Um, you know, and so we'll be going through those things and, and um, you know, doing the risk assessment and then making the announcement that, yes, on, on such and such a day, uh, these businesses would be allowed to be reopened. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So instead of ripping off the whole cover, we're talking about a gradual. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And part okay. of that is, right, I mean, you know, this is an infectious disease. So, you know, like I said, I think I'm proud that everybody has been paying attention and, you know, and um, isolating and being careful. So I think that that's the great thing. But people got to live that way probably for the next 12, 18, 24 months. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know that if you're sick, you really should not be interacting with people. You know, I know that I've gone to work sick before in the past. That's just something that we all do to tough it out and Mm -hmm. and do those things. You know, that's not acceptable anymore. You know, we're looking at all state employees and and thinking about uh, how to restructure our office spaces so that we don't have employees on top of each other. We want to uh, provide uh, six feet of distance in between. You know, we've accelerated, and Devin knows, I've been a champion for Uh, technology and Uh telework and Uh we have more employees teleworking today than ever in in the history of the (laughs) state of Hawaii Mm -hmm. um, because uh, in response to this epidemic so I do think that that, you know those kinds of changes I think are are fundamental and will probably continue uh, because we can't have 
uh, people, you know, a uh, hundred people in, you know, in a small room. That just doesn't work. We we have to think and rethink everything we do in the context of uh, keeping distance so that if an infected individual gets into a situation, we can really minimize the number of people they can infect in a short period of time. Right, okay. right, right. Great. Makes Great. sense. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. We are here with the governor of the state of Hawaii, Mr. David Ige. Thank you for taking this time to talk story with us. Um, You know, I wanted to get, uh, if you have a little bit of time, we wanted to talk sure. also about unemployment, because unemployment obviously is, you know, for so many people, the burning issue. We have 220,000 people who have filed for unemployment. Employment, uh, it's now at 37% or about for Hawaii, which is uh, one of the highest, if not the highest rates in the nation. And so many people still not getting uh, their unemployment benefits. Can you help us kind of sort out what is happening with the state and what's the holdup sure. and what's coming down the pike in terms of solutions? Yeah, sure. Uh, just uh, real quickly. And, um, um, you know, the challenge is, and I think Devin um, understands, and I probably talked to you about this a little bit too, mm-hmm. Esme, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the computer system in the state is just antiques and yes. and just like, uh, you know, in service way beyond uh, it really uh, should be, you know, and just to provide some context, and I, I don't want it to sound like an excuse, but, um, you know, prior to this COVID pandemic, uh, we were processing, you know, maybe 500, 600. In a bad week, we might have to process 700 claims. Uh, we were amongst the lowest in the country, and uh, pretty much everybody was employed. Uh, in the course of six weeks, maybe eight weeks, uh, we went from that to having to process 250,000 claims. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we had seven employees uh, that processed the claims, uh, the 700, and, and, you know, they could manage that because, um, yeah, it's about 100 a week. Um, uh, and then we had 250,000 claims or so. So um, it's two things. One, the old system is so old and antiquated um, you know, I actually went down to process some claims. It's the first time I've seen a mainframe uh, screen, and um, for those who may be in my generation, <laughs> you know, it, there is no such thing as a graphical user interface. Uh, I, in a, a previous press conference, I said it's like going back to the DOS prompt in the PC era, Mm -hmm. you know, where nothing happens unless you explicitly tell the computer in very cryptic codes, you know, to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, This system is is very, very old, and obviously it was overwhelmed by the number of claims uh, and, and, you know, the errors that we began to to see. So... um, yeah, so we've done a couple things. We one that it was on really old hardware, and so we, you know, transferred the whole system to more modern hardware. But the software is what really was the interface, and so that helped a little. But it's still uh, overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've uh, expanded the number of people working on the claim. So you know, first we transferred people from other divisions within DLIR to support. So we went from you know, 40 or so to probably, I mean, seven individuals to 30 or 40. Mm. And then we 
expanded that uh, further with other uh, state employees. And now we're to the point that we have about 500 people to to uh, to clear the claims. And, you know, they're in the convention center. Uh, This system is uh, very, you know, I I was working and um, so the the command I had to enter and there are like 10, 15 commands that you need to know to navigate through the system. The first one is CLMS. So you enter CLMS and a number. Right, and it's like, what does CLMS mean? Well, <laughs> CLMS is claims, and then there's a CEMS, and then a CBNC. You know, none of them oh, make gosh. any sense. Oh, wow! Right? I mean, no, but so you got to know all of that, and you got to enter it in the right place. If you don't put the number or the letter in the right place, it uh, it errors. So, you know, it's just uh, it's just uh, the perfect storm of. Um, an old antiquated system that probably should have been replaced uh, 30 years ago um, with just this um, massive tidal wave of claims, you know, and and having to get people um, to help support it Mm -hmm. and then having to train them on a system that's 40 years old and is just, um, just not easy to use. Um, You know, and then making it all fit together. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Really, um, it is uh, an all of state government kind of effort now. Like, like I said, we have like 500 people working the issue. Uh, the system is just so user unfriendly mm, that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. even with all of those people, it's still, you know, working through the backlog and and being able to take the cryptic error messages that the system generates and you know try and decode it because yeah. it's not. You know, it's not a simple thing. Sure. It is complicated. Um, one of our Kumu listeners uh, posted the question, so then wh- when can we realistically uh, expect the state to be processing, you know, all of these unemployment claims and, like, come up to speed? Well, so certainly uh, we now have a whole lot more people, and they're working through. We're pushing hard to try um, and get through um, um, much of the backlog uh, hopefully, you know, by the end of the week, there's there's two separate uh, challenges. Um, you know, one is for the um, independent contractors and um, self-employed. Yeah, like you know, the, they never yes. was mm-hmm. part of the system. So, you know, that challenge, we have to put up a brand new system. And, you know, actually, we might be able to be more successful just because we're not dealing with this old antiquated system. So we're trying to work that side of it. Uh, the normal uh, UI system is on the old system, and, and I don't really want to give you a, a specific timeline. I I will be getting uh, that from Scott Murakami, who's mm-hmm. the director, and I feel more comfortable uh, without guessing and uh, being able to to give you more specific um, timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Governor, just out of curiosity, with regards to the other states, are are they experiencing? I mean, obviously they're experiencing some of these same problems, but is this happening across the nation where you've got other states that are like, man, we've been working with DOS. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to, to do our, you know what I mean? Because it's sometimes I think uh, because we live in on this island, you, you sometimes forget that we're not the only state that probably has antiquated equipment. And so yeah. Yeah, there's other yeah. people who are going through this, too. 
absolutely uh, virtually every other state is on the same system you know unemployment is kind of driven by the federal government so so i would say most states i would say probably at least 40 of them uh have the old the same old system wow. you might have seen some of the news stories they were um advertising for cobol programmers yeah that's... Uh, because the core system is written in cobol i mean that's how old it is no nope. <laughs> you know most of the people in hawaii probably doesn't even know what cobol is anymore <laughs> yeah but i but i do know <laughs> yes you well, do now, actually. now we know <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay, okay. So uh, along the lines of that, we've talked about unemployment, we've talked about opening of businesses. Um, Several of our Kumu listeners posted questions asking about tourism. So then given all of that, what is the um, realistic timeline uh, in terms of opening up the state to tourists coming back in? Now, this question was asked yesterday uh, in the press conference with Mayor Kirk Caldwell, who immediately deferred to you. He said, this is more in the governor's wheelhouse. So... <laughs> So he passed I'm glad, that you, I'm right glad you can laugh about that one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but he did yeah. say, he goes, that's, that's more in the governor's wheelhouse. So I'm <laughs> going to defer that question over to you. But well, what do you think of that? Because uh, obviously, you know, the, our, our the tourism is, is our engine here. So how does that work? Yeah. Like, when, when are you looking at that? You know, certainly um, that will definitely uh, be, um, you know, one of the, the later phases that would come on. Uh, just a couple of things real quickly. You know, I have been meeting and talking with um, the leaders in the hotel industry, you know, obviously uh, talking about, um, you know, we have to reinvent the hospitality industry mm. uh, in the COVID-19 era. So, you know, this um, infectious disease is something that we knew um, uh, could be an issue, you know, with the SARS epidemic, um, yeah. you know, several years back, I mean, we saw our numbers just drop dramatically. So, you know, we didn't really respond maybe fully because it, it seemed to bounce back. But now I'm challenging the industry and that's all components to, you know, what would it take to rein, reinvent yourself uh, in this environment? And what does that mean? You know, I think uh, for hotels and, and properties, how can they be partners with us? to do a couple things. First is really the visitor. You know, we want visitors to be responsible um, and, and helpful visitors. You know, they need to understand if they're sick, they can't be going out and about. If they get sick on their vacation here, we need to make sure the properties can take care of them, can uh, provide them health care if necessary, uh, can, you know, help us uh, monitor their whereabouts. Uh, so that's kind of part of it. You know, the mm -hmm. conversation we've been having is how can you be part of a system so that we can bring visitors back uh, and we can assure the community that if someone is ill, that they won't be out and about and, and getting other people infected. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I would imagine so also the, 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 the cleanliness of the hotels would also be part of that equation, mm -hmm. like sanitizing them and so forth. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, even maybe having a thermometer be part of standard accommodation because <laughs> we, we do want to ask them, you know, if, you're, if you have a fever, you know, we need to know and, and you know, can you help us? So, so that's part of the equation, right? Uh, helping hotels uh, understand uh, sanitation and cleaning, how they can help us, how they can um, 
uh, remind the visitors about what it is to be responsible. You know, we focused a lot initially about uh, be, being um, um, respectful of our our heritage mm-hmm. and um, cultural practices. So, you know, it's also expanding that notion and asking them to be respectful of health and, and um uh, ensuring that if they're ill, that they don't infect uh, residents and vice versa. You know, we want to assure them that, um, you know, we're partners with them and we don't want to expose them to any disease while they're here either. Um, so that's that's with the hotels. You know, I've, I've met with the um, attractions mm-hmm. uh, and it's the same challenge, right? How can they reinvent their processes um, to to um, minimize the risk, um, you know, can they do the tours in smaller groupings? You know, can mm-hmm. they manage the numbers? You know, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And then the airlines, how can the airlines uh, help be partners in this? You know, identify uh, sick people and maybe in, uh, discourage them from coming here to begin with. And then, you know, we're talking about testing and how do we test people so we can identify who's ill? Uh, so, you know, we're asking all three components of the hospitality industry to help us reinvent ourselves, mm. you know, to think about what it means to be a healthy destination, to think about how we can educate the visitors to be respectful and, and appropriate and helpful, and how can we create a system uh, so that our residents, are not fearful that um, that the visitors are going to be coming and in, infecting many of us here who live here uh, with a disease that you know could, yeah. could lead to a bad out- outcome. Yeah, there was a lot of fear about that. I think, uh, especially when we, when all the shutdowns first began. So, what do we? If I can kind of like like bring all those ideas together so it sounds like and please correct me if i'm wrong if i'm understanding so we're talking about gradually lifting first and relaxing restrictions on businesses that are kind of serving people within hawaii and meanwhile in the background this conversation about reopening uh, tourism is ongoing and but that's going to take a little bit longer it sounds like so we're yeah. are we looking at later in this year or are we talking about Next year, the tourists uh, will will start to come back. No, certainly later this year. Okay. I mean, we 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 definitely are looking at that. Yeah. And Esme, I think you make a very um, appropriate um, observation. Yeah. So I think part of it is, and in the business sense, right? It's about the soft opening. You know, we see the counts um, going down to single digits now. For probably it will be for two weeks, and uh, and so we pretty confident that we have um, the virus under control. You know, we've pretty much shut down uh, anybody coming in. It's it's uh, very few people mm-hmm. coming in now. Um, so it really is about trying to get our economy back for uh, local residents. You know, it's about the staycations. And, you know, I think as we work through the changes that the hotel industry and attractions um, will be going through, you know, the whole notion is, well, maybe the soft opening is for residents, you know, and we can invite residents back. I I know that I've not been to the Polynesian Cultural Center for like 40 years. Um, but, but, <laughs> now you it's know, time, part, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, and part of that is, right, because they are going to be implementing changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we want 
them to share with the residents and everybody about the things that they'll be doing to keep residents safe and to keep um, um, visitors safe. So, you know, part of that is reestablishing the connection to the hospitality industry for our residents so that they can understand what hotels will be doing, what attractions will be doing, what the airlines will be doing, so people can, so we can help elevate the, the sense that um, we're not back to normal, that we are aware that we have infectious diseases, mm-hmm. and we all are going to be partners to keeping our community safe and keeping our visitors safe. Okay. Nice. Got nice. it. Hey, uh, Governor, I know that we are, we are short on time, so I just wanted to ask you real quick, yep. how, you, how are you doing? <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, people, I don't know if anybody actually asked you their question because <laughs> it's. I mean, you were you were in a meeting before you came on with us. Uh-huh. Uh You actually yeah. had to step out of that meeting to come into meeting with us, and now I think we made you late for another meeting that you have to go to. Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, <laughs> like you you okay? I, I and yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, been a very difficult time. I have to be honest, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, I know that people are hurting. So. Yeah. I think that's the challenge. I I am overwhelmed because people want to be helpful, and I I do uh, see uh, neighbors helping neighbors. I I hear you know people every day, even you know five six weeks into this uh, pandemic, people are still um, helping each other, which I think is really uh, inspiring for me, yeah. uh, and I really appreciate that. Oh, cool, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to ask you because I, me- you know, I remember sitting in your office at the legislature. And, you know, we go back and forth and just kind of sit down. And I-, I don't know if anybody ever gets a chance to do that with you anymore. Right. Just sit down and go, "Hey, so what's mm-hmm. happening? You okay?" You like, you know, because I, I, f- I imagine right. I, I mean, like this is uh, again, as you've said several times, Governor, this is an unprecedented time. Yeah. What? Yeah a time to be a governor right. of, of a state and be in charge of the response, you know, and yeah. how, and it's a life or death kind of a situation, literally. And no matter which way you go, somebody's going to second guess you. Yeah. So. yeah, that's part of the job. But like I said, I really um, appreciate uh, the community overwhelmingly. You know, I talk to my colleagues um, on the mainland and uh, they're <laughs> having all kinds of protests and, and people don't pay, you know, I, um, I think 10 or so other states implemented a quarantine, mandatory quarantine, mm-hmm. uh, but nobody is actually enforcing it. They've announced that um, people coming into their state has to quarantine, but nobody does anything about oh, it. Wow. I mean, we're the only state that actually is implementing a quarantine on people coming in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's, um, you know, it's just a very, di- very different environment. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, I think in some ways it's a little easier for us because they got to get here by some other form of transportation they can't yeah. just walk over yeah. or drive over a county uh, a state line or something like that mm-hmm. so uh hopefully that makes yeah. it a little bit easier for us to do what we got to do but uh governor thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it we okay. hope you're gonna you're gonna come back on and see us or talk to us soon maybe see us at some point in time <laughs> hopefully cool. when things are yeah not so socially distanced we would we would love to have you back again to keep us updated as things move forward Sure, and I mean you can stay in touch with Jody, and okay. I'd be happy to do that. Okay, okay, we will. Thank okay. you so much.